This ingredient has been around for almost 5,000 years. And it's one of the flavors that most people say defines Christmas. It can be found in almost any Christmas dessert, maybe some holiday wine, or even a candle. We're discovering the origins and history of cinnamon. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Season's Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Season's Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. So please take a moment and subscribe so we can have other listeners join us at the Christmas table. If you have a quick minute, please leave a review for the podcast. It lets me know how I'm doing as well as helps others find the podcast. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Seasons Eatings can also be found on all the socials. All these links can be found on our website, seasonseatingspodcast.com. And while you're at the site, if you're feeling extra generous this holiday, you can buy me an eggnog. Every donation goes towards the running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. And finally, you can let me know how I'm doing, leave a suggestion for future episodes, or just say hello at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to a bonus episode of Seasons Eatings. I like to call the Seasons Eatings side dish. In the past, we've explored histories of side dishes that usually don't make it to the holiday table. But this year, I wanted to explore the history of some of the ingredients that put in our favorite Christmas foods. And of course, you can't have the holidays without cinnamon. It's actually a spice that people have been scientifically recorded as reminding them as of Christmas. The rich, spicy flavor of cinnamon is a favorite Christmas ingredient in recipes such as Christmas cakes, puddings, mince pies, shortbread, cookies, Lebkuchen, mulled wine, and Glühwein. It was even used as a culinary spice, a medicine, and as an ingredient for oils and perfumes. Cinnamon has been known from remote antiquity. Although its current name dates from the 12th century, cinnamon is of course much older. The Shenung, the oldest treatise on Chinese medicine, mentions it as early as the 3rd millennium BC. Its use and trade soon benefited from the spice roots, and cinnamon passed in Mesopotamia and spread in the Levant. Thus, we find it in the Bible, in regards to its fragrance, as in the Psalms or the Song of Songs and sometimes in regards to its value, Job's daughter being renamed Keziah, i.e. Cassia, means she was as precious as the costly spice. It was imported to Egypt as early as 2000 BC, but those who reported that it had come from China had confused it with the Cinnamonium Cassia, a related species. Among the Egyptians, cinnamon was used in embalming rites until it became a shared symbol of immortality. 
Theophrastus and Ovid both quoted the legend according to which the mystical phoenix used cinnamon to build its nest, which at the phoenix's death would become the cradle of its rebirth. This belief led to the popular use of cinnamon in funeral rites, both for its symbol. Welcome to a bonus episode of Seasons Eatings. I like to call the Seasons Eatings side dish. In the past, we've explored histories of side dishes that usually don't make it to the holiday table. But this year, I wanted to explore the history of some of the ingredients that put in our favorite Christmas foods. And of course, you can't have the holidays without cinnamon. It's actually a spice that people have been scientifically recorded as reminding them as of Christmas. Symbolic power and for its fragrance, which helped tame the smell of decaying corpses. The famous episode of Nero ordering all of Rome's reserves of cinnamon be burnt on his wife's funeral pyre attests to a practice widespread through the upper strata of Roman society. It's partly to this relationship with death, or rather decay, that we owe the presence of cinnamon in all our Christmas baking. Rich in polyphenols, cinnamon is a powerful fortifier and antiseptic, two properties that were identified before the Christian era and which justified its use in winter recipes in the European Middle Ages. In the 13th century, Arnaud de Villeneuve lists cinnamon as one of the winter spices alongside pepper, cloves, and nutmeg. It is therefore no coincidence that this costly spice has woven its way through European winter cuisine, and that its fragrance, as a consequence, was associated with the season's sounds, weathers, colors, and joys. The idea that cinnamon was used to cover up the smell of spoiled meat however, is nothing but an idea, so as most historians agree, in no ways would cinnamon have been used thusly. Cinnamon was so highly prized among ancient nations that it was regarded as a gift fit for monarchs and even for a deity. An inscription records the gift of cinnamon and cassia to the temple of Apollo at Miletus. Its source was kept a trade secret in the Mediterranean world for centuries by those in the spice trade in order to protect their monopoly as suppliers. Cinnamonum verum, which translates from Latin as true cinnamon, is native to India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Myanmar. Cinnamonium cassia is native to China. Related species, all harvested and sold in the modern era as cinnamon, are native to Vietnam, also known as Saigon cinnamon, Indonesia, and other Southeast Asian countries with warm climates. Sinhalese literature in the 10th century mentions that the island's cinnamon was highly valued. In the 13th century, Sinhalese kings established economic ties with Egypt to export it. Historian Nirmal Ranjith Duasiri says, that from the beginning of the 10th century, Arab merchants traded Sri Lanka's cinnamon to Europe along with other spices. The island became an important hub in the Indian Ocean trade. In ancient Sri Lanka, the king was considered the guardian of the land. For cultivating the land, people had to perform a service to him. Historically, these tasks were assigned to certain castes. Cinnamon peeling was reserved for the Salagama community 
who were originally weavers and believed to be the descendants of post-13th century South Indian migrants. Cinnamon grew wild in Sri Lanka. Therefore, for months of the year, the head of the household would set off to the jungles and produce a certain amount of cinnamon for the king in return for the land they cultivated. When the Portuguese colonizers came here in the early 16th century, they took advantage of this ancient land tenure system, says Derosiri. A paper by historian M.U. de Silva explains that a decree from Goa, then Portuguese India, declared that the Salagama community to be descendants of captured slaves in order to exploit them. Previously, cinnamon peeling was reserved for the head of the household in a Salagama family. But under Portuguese rule, boys as young as 12 had to peel cinnamon and deliver a certain amount for of it. The colonizers increased its amount according to, it, to age and one's physical condition. By the end of the 12th century, the original weavers, now turned peelers, had to stay in the woods for more than eight months of the year, writes M.U. de Silva. Then, in 1658, the Dutch, allied with the Kandyan Kingdom of Sri Lanka, took control of Sri Lanka's coastal belt after a series of battles with the Portuguese, and established a cinnamon monopoly by exploiting the Salagam community to supply the spice to meet the growing demand of the European market. Governor Rikloff van Goens Jr., ruling from 1675 to 1680, referred to cinnamon as the bride around whom all of us danced. There were only a small number of peelers left in the coastal areas by then, Derisiri explains, but most lost their lives because of battles against the colonial invasions and various diseases. Some of them have gone to the central hills of Sri Lanka to escape their fate. So there was more burden on the individual peeler. When you marry a low caste person, you automatically become part of that lower caste. So, some Salagama people would marry into a lower caste to escape the burden on them, says Derosiri. But the Dutch noticed that, so they made a new law. Even if you marry a low caste person, you are still a cinnamon peeler. So there was no escape. Local headmen supervised the cinnamon peelers and they were paid by the Dutch, according to the number of peelers they provided. According to M.U. de Silva, the Dutch forced a person who could stand up and walk with the help of a stick to peel cinnamon. Those who attempted to flee were tied and tortured like high criminals to be placed in stocks and sent to Colombo for trial. And seldom they escaped flogging and other punishments in Colombo, he adds. When cinnamon trees dwindled in the jungles because of excessive peeling, the Dutch took measures to cultivate cinnamon. By 1794, there were 609 million cinnamon trees in southwest Sri Lanka. By the end of the Dutch rule, there was a massive commercial plantations of cinnamon along the coast. When the British occupied the island in 1815, other cash crops like coffee and tea became more important explains Derosiri, referring to the Dutch area plantations like cinnamon gardens in Colombo. Today, there's hardly a cinnamon tree left in the area, which is now an upmarket neighborhood with residential houses, boutiques, and cafes. 
Before the conquest of cinnamon in Sri Lanka, in ancient Egypt, cinnamon was used to embalm mummies. From the Ptolematic Kingdom onward, ancient Egyptian recipes for kifi, an aromatic used for burning, included cinnamon and cassia. The gifts of Hellenistic rulers to temples sometimes included cassia and cinnamon. Indonesian rafts transported cinnamon on a cinnamon route to East Africa, where local traders then carried it north to the Roman market. Arab traders brought the spice through trade routes into Egypt, where it was brought by Venetian traders from Italy who held the monopoly on the spice trade in Europe. The first Greek reference to cassia is found in a poem by Sappho in the 7th century BC. According to Herodias, both cinnamon and cassia grew in Arabia, together with incense, myrrh, and labnum, and were guarded by winged serpents. Herodias, Aristotle, and other authors named Arabia as the source of cinnamon. They recounted that giant cinnamon birds collected the cinnamon sticks from an unknown land where the cinnamon trees grew and used them to construct their nests. Pliny the Elder wrote that cinnamon was brought around the Arabian Peninsula on rafts without rudders or sails or oars. Taking advantage of the winter trade winds, he also mentioned cassia as a flavoring agent for wine and that the tales of cinnamon being collected from the nests of cinnamon birds was a trader's fiction made up to charge more. However, the story remained current in Byzantium as late as 1310. According to Pliny the Elder, a Roman pound, which was about 11.5 ounces of cassia, would cost up to 1,500 denarii, the wage of 50 months' labor. Diocletian's edict on maximum prices from 301 AD gives a price of 125 denarii for a pound of cassia, while agricultural labor earned 25 denarii a day. Cinnamon was too expensive to be commonly used on funeral pyres in Rome, but the Emperor Nero said to have burned a year's worth of the city supply for a funeral of a wife, Papia Sabina, in AD 65. During the 1500s, Ferdinand Magellan was searching for spices on behalf of Spain. In the Philippines, he found Cinnamonum Mindanaeans, which was closely related to the Cinnamonum Zalantium, the cinnamon found in Sri Lanka. This cinnamon eventually competed with Sri Lankan cinnamon, which was controlled by the Portuguese. In 1638, Dutch traders established a trading post in Sri Lanka, took control of their manufacturers by 1640, and expelled the remaining Portuguese by 1658. The shores of the island are full of it, a Dutch captain reported, and it's the best in all the Orient. When one is downwind of the island, one can still smell cinnamon eight leagues out to sea. The Dutch East India Company continued to overhaul the methods of harvesting in the wild and eventually began to cultivate its own trees. In 1767, Lord Brown of the British East India Company established Anyarkandi Cinnamon Estate near Anyarkandi in the Kanar district of Kerala, India. It later became Asia's largest cinnamon estate. The British took control of Ceylon from the Dutch in 1796. By 1833, the downfall of the cinnamonopoly had begun when other countries found it could be easily grown in areas such as Java, Sumatra, Borneo, Guiana, and Mauritius. Cinnamon is now grown all in South America, 
in the West Indies and other tropical climates. We'll find out why cinnamon is associated with the holidays after the break. Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat, it's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. If you've ever wondered about the history of Santa Claus, the traditions behind a Christmas tree, or what people leave out for Santa in Eastern Europe, then you're probably a lot like me. My name's Jeff, and I absolutely love Christmas. Join me on the Lost Christmas Podcast and learn about the people, traditions, mysteries, food, celebrations, and all manner of history around the holiday season we all love. At the end of each episode, I also read a little bit from The Lost Years of Santa Claus, a book which fills in the gaps that we have in the story of our beloved gift giver. Hi everyone, I'm Dwayne from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast, and I have a questionably unhealthy obsession with Christmas, and I love Christmas music. So come with me on a journey as I go into detail about the history and stories behind a wide range of Christmas music. For instance, did you know that Silent Night has the honour of being the most recorded Christmas song of all time? And it has been recorded over 137,000 times by separate artists. Or that White Christmas was actually written in the height of summer. Each song, either recent or a golden oldie, has a background and I want to share them with you. Come join us for our second season and listen at tinseltunes.com. We are on all the main podcast services, or you can find us with a simple Google search. Also follow us on all the social networking platforms, and I hope to interact with you soon. cinnamon can be found practically all over the world now, there are actually two main types of cinnamon, cassia and ceylon. The two have different nutritional profiles. The effects of cinnamon on our health seem to be beneficial. It has been found that cinnamon has anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and antioxidant action. In many studies, it's been observed to contribute to the inhibition of growth of bacteria and fungi. Cassia cinnamon comes from the Cinnamonium cassia tree, also called Cinnamonum aronaticum. It originated in southern China and is commonly referred to by people as Chinese cinnamon. 
Cinnamon spice is obtained from the inner bark of several trees with the cinnamonian genus and consists of several naturally occurring chemical substances. One of those substances is cinnamaldehyde, which can be found in large but varying amounts depending on the cinnamonium species. In some cases, the percentage of cinnamaldehyde in cinnamon extracts can be very high, with values reaching up to 90%. This is important, for it's the cinnamaldehyde that has been identified as a cinnamon component that gives rise to much of the reported medicinal prophecies of the spice. Many laboratory studies have been done exploring cinnamaldehyde's potential activity in a multitude of disease settings. Such work has shown that they exhibit anti-diabetes, neuroprotective, antioxidant, and anti-cancer functions. Other fascinating medicinal properties of cinnamon that have been studied include its antimicrobial and anti-obesity activity. However, farmers now grow several subspecies across East and South Asia. Cassia tends to be the dark red-brown with thicker sticks and coarser texture than Ceylon cinnamon. In the opinion of experts, Cassia cinnamon is considered a lower quality. Its cost is very cheap, and people often consume it more than any other type. Almost all cinnamon found in the supermarkets is the Cassia variety. Cassia has long been used in cooking and in traditional Chinese medicine. Ceylon, or true cinnamon, is native to Sri Lanka and southern parts of India. People made it from the inner bark of the Cinnamonium verum tree. Ceylon is a tan brown in color and contains many tight sticks with soft layers. These features provide a highly desirable quality and texture. However, Ceylon cinnamon is less common than other types of cinnamon. It has a delicate and mildly sweet flavor suitable for desserts. But then, why has cinnamon never become the scent for another season? There's a study done out of the National Library of Medicine in the U.S. that posits the idea that cinnamon is associated with the holidays more over than any other time of year. In the first part of the study, a total of 100 subjects answered the questions without odor presentation whether a certain odor was more related to summertime or the Christmas season and another 41 and 51 subjects rated the familiarity of 12 odors during either summertime or Christmas season, respectively. Subjects reported that the rose odor was more related to summertime, whereas cinnamon was more associated with Christmas, with cinnamon being most intimately connected to this time of year. Moreover, subjects showed significantly higher familiarity when pleasantness ratings when they smelled cinnamon during the Christmas season than during the summertime. This may be because it's simply too difficult to disassociate it from the end-of-year celebrations, proving that a collective memory and experience have forced cinnamon not only to be the scent of Christmas, but to be just that, so much that while Christmas can exist without snow, it rarely does so without cinnamon. A symbol of rebirth and life triumphing over death, the cradle of this phoenix, the spice of long journeys, it makes sense that cinnamon would finally come to symbolize Christmas. Its light, its warmth, and its joy triumphing over the cold winter nights.
Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And please, if you can leave a review about the show so you can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eating sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this holiday season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to SeasonsEatingsPodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings also has great items for you or your loved ones for the holiday season. So head on over to SeasonsEatings.com, click on the Merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. I'm your host, Glenn Warren. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is also part of the Christmas Podcast Network. Whatever interest you have with the holidays, there's probably a podcast out there covering that topic. You can find Seasons Eatings with all the other podcasts at Christmas Podcasts. Drop on by to find your next podcast addiction. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.